Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 20th of January. This is your host, Justin Brown, and today I'm joined by my wonderful producer, Joey Gonzalez, and my co-host, J.P. Flanagan. We're so excited to have you back in the studio this first week of classes, and we have a great show planned for you all this morning. But before we get started, let's throw it to J.P. for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast to Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, and scenic views. Thanks, JP. We're going to get started with Bobcat basketball teams so far, guys, because Sunbelt Conference play is in full swing, and both teams just finished up games last night. And we're first going to start off with the Texas State women's basketball team. We're 13-5 and overall, 5-2 and in Sunbelt. And last night, they got a 65-57 to win over the ULM Warhawks, and that was at the Warhawks Stadium. And they rallied back from a 10-point halftime deficit. Now, guys, this women's team, we've seen Coach Zinnery Antoine just achieve the most winningest, you know, winningest all-time coach for the Texas State women's program. And this team has kind of faced some adversity this season compared to seasons prior. What are y'all's thoughts on this performance coming back from 10-point deficit in the halftime? That shows that you got some winning talent, correct? I mean, this is exactly why I love basketball. Basketball is a game of runs, and to be down 10 points a half, it's kind of hard to find motivation, but the beautiful thing about basketball is you're really never out of it. 10 points is just a few buckets and a few free throws, and you're back in the game. And you really just got to give it to the girls because, I mean, that, that's exactly what you're supposed to do, come out in conference play and really just show what you're made of and really just not give up because, I mean, this early in the season, you still have so much left to fight for. And, um, yeah, I mean, great, great news for the women's team coming back from down 10 in the second half. I think there's been a really good team at fighting adversity this year. Um, they've had times where they're without Danasia Hood. Danasia Hood was out last night, and you always have somebody step up. Kennedy Taylor did it. She led the team with 13 points. Jada Reed has been a good addition. Um, she was out early in the season. It's good to have her back. So now they have two bigs with her and Lauren Thompson. And then uh, Taylor Pruitt, she's been really good offensively also for this Bobcat team. So I just, I just really think it's impressive. I think if there's one area of improvement for this women's team is got to be the first half or really the first quarter. This is a Texas state team who really this year in recent years, they've um, started the games off trailing. So they need to find a way to get out to a hot start and able to maintain that for four quarters of basketball. hundred percent, Joey, you know, this ULM team, they're a fast paced team and they got up to a good 10 point, you know, 10 point halftime lead. But coach Antoine, she shows why she's the winningest head coach for this program. And she can turn this team around and the team that you mentioned facing adversity without Danasia hood. You know, we saw her play previous games and there were situations previously in the past month or so where she has been out and currently, you know, the women's Bobcat team, they need her on the floor, but Kennedy Taylor, I mean, we talk about her all the time. If you don't know who Kennedy Taylor is, she's led in the Sunbelt conference for assists, steals minutes per game. I mean, it seems like she never takes a break. And right now, I mean, she delivered and helped them come back against ULM and they're going to be facing an opponent next game, an opponent that they're very familiar with. If you know about South Alabama Jaguars, this is a team that they faced last year in the conference, uh, Sunbelt conference, you know, tournament in Foley, Alabama and a team that they, I believe they lost against correct. And, uh, and it was just unfortunate for the Bobcats. We expected so much.
watching them. They were having a great season going into the postseason. They were having, you know, a win streak. I think it was like a, I can't remember. I think it was like, what, 14 games? Or it was, it was very large. We were at a call together, me and you, mm-hmm. Joey. But, guys, if they're playing against South Alabama, a team that they saw in the Sun Belt Conference last year in the postseason, what is y'all's thoughts going into that game? What do you think Coach Antoine is preaching to her, her team? You just got to keep having consistency. Uh, I mean, we talked about it just a second ago. Is a team who who gets off slow sometimes you gotta you gotta get things going um a player that i want to shout out is tiana eden she's been really impressive this season uh her mid-range shooting is is amazing and if they can continue to get eden involved in this offensive lineup it's going to be a good team you got to get stops and jp as you mentioned earlier i mean basketball is a game of runs and as long as they can maintain that especially in the second half this is a Texas state team that should be able to compete with south alabama for four quarters i mean you, you hit it spot on with the consistency part because I, I totally agree it really shouldn't matter who you're playing what what happened last year wh- where where this team was going last year i mean you just got to come with your best foot forward and if you're bringing that consistency you really shouldn't have any uh, problem with any team that you're playing i mean it really just comes down to not stooping like down anyone's level you, you just kind of play your best brand of basketball and, and you bring it every week and i believe that will be the case kennedy taylor past five games has had double digits or more and guess what she's going to have it probably next game against south alabama that next game is going to be saturday january 21st at 1 p.m that's going to be their next road game before they come back home you can definitely get that game on espn plus but we're going to transition to another Texas State basketball team, and that's the men's team who just came off of a very exciting game against the Marshall Thundering Herd. First time these two teams have ever played against each other. Marshall, first time in the Sun Belt Conference. And guys, it was an exciting game. The final score, unfortunately for the Bobcats, was 81-73. to The Bobcats suffered an eight-point loss. But guys, that box score says a very different thing than what the game actually was. This game was a fast-paced game. We saw Marshall start off 7-7 from the three-point line, and that came from one person. But, guys, I want to hear your thoughts on this game. It was just a really close one and a fun one to watch. Joey, I know you were there. Yeah, you and I were both there, and it was it was an exciting game with the whiteout crowd, lots of people in attendance, uh, 3,183 to be exact. And, Justin, you were right. It was a very fast-paced game. And another thing that was interesting, you mentioned that it was the first time these two teams played in Sunbelt Conference play, and it was chippy. There were a lot of physical plays, um, lots of aggression, and it was interesting to see with Marshall, their fast-paced offense. Texas State played a little bit slower, and Texas State was up for the challenge. It was their fourth-highest-scoring game of the year, and you would like to think um, that going into the future that Texas State can hopefully maintain this offensive firepower that they had in the loss last night. Yeah, I just want to say that I'm glad Texas State is emphasizing more student attendance. I mean, having 3,000 people in the crowd is definitely leads to like that home court advantage, and that's something Texas State hasn't seen a lot of with um, student attendance. And I'm, I'm glad with the half court shot thing going on um, that more people are showing up, and I hope that continues. Um, but we're get, beginning to see how those losses earlier in the season are kind of starting to stack up, and how if you have one or two of those back, a loss to Marshall isn't really going to hurt your season. But I mean, an early loss to a, Mar- a Marshall team who hasn't played in the Sun Belt before, um, it's going to be an uphill climb to even get back into Sun Belt contention. Obviously, only one game, and all the losses were out of conference. But I mean, you're going to have to get stuff together, back together fast, and um, finding some consistency on the court. 100%. I think fans coming to this game is going to really be a, a 
a factor. If you're winning a lot of games, you're having consistency, that's going to be the case. But another factoid to just mention about this game, if you weren't in Strand Arena, there were eight NBA scouts there to replace you if you weren't there. Because guess what? Mike D'Antoni was in attendance as well because his brother, Dan D'Antoni, is the head coach for Marshall. So, And they also have Tavion Kinsley, who is an amazing basketball player for Marshall Thundering Herd. He's a fifth-year senior for this team, and he's definitely going to be eligible for the NBA draft. And he is currently the Sunbelt Player of the Year, currently the candidate looking like, because he's averaging the most points per anyone. He's averaging 21.8 points per game. And it was just really exciting to see him play. I mean, I haven't seen someone throw it down that much at one of our games. I have to give credit to the other team. I have to. Um, and it, truthfully... You know, I don't see eight NBA scouts coming to Strayton Arena. So that's what's really cool to see the our team, the Bobcats, you know, really step up and try and showcase their skills as well. You saw Nate Martin really went off. He's averaging mm -hmm. only six points a game in this one. He had almost 15 and six rebounds. So it's just a huge performance from them and uh, just a really exciting game. 3,183 fans in attendance. And I talked about three-pointers earlier. A man named Kate Camden Kerfman. If you saw this, it may have been Steph Curry in a cloak. I'm not sure, but this guy shot seven for nine from the three-point line. You don't see one player splashing seven threes on you like that. But, guys, we're going to wrap this up real quick because we have a quick ad break. But the Bobcats, their next game will be Saturday, January 21st at 4 p.m. in Strand Arena against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And in that game, we will see the NBA, former NBA player and Bobcat Jeff Foster get court dedication in a 1997 championship team recognition. So it should be really fun to watch. They're also giving towels away at that game. So if you want to rally towel, make sure to go to that game on Saturday. Yep, Joey, see, we need more fans, so Texas State's giving out towels now to help, and there was T-shirts last time, so who knows we can get at the next game. But we're going to take a quick break, but on the other side of it, we'll talk about Rattlers and some NFL playoff predictions. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. In the studio with me, I have my producer, Joey Gonzalez, co-host, J.P. Flanagan, and this is your host, Justin Brown, and we also have our co-host, Miles Vaughn, stepping in with us today. But we're going to get right back into it. As I mentioned before the break, we're going to be talking about Sam Marcus basketball, Sam Marcus Rattlers, and we have to mention this boys' basketball team. Right now, the Rattlers are 27-2 on the season with a 21-game winning streak. They haven't lost a game since November, and this is making them now number 11. 11 in 6A in Texas, and they go to face Judson tonight, who is 16 and 11. Guys, this team, this win streak is already saying a lot. This team went from a different district last year, a district that had Westlake, Lake Travis, and now you see a 21 game win streak. Two of these games that they've been in the win streak in this win streak were in overtime. What does this say about this team? I mean, this team doesn't have what it takes to go straight into postseason. Well, just to give you a little bit more context also about this winning streak, their last loss was against the number one ranked team in Region 4, 6A, which was Stony Point. So that just shows how much how much more significant this this winning streak is. And I mean, I believe when they played that Stony Point team, it was uh, less than five point loss. So, I mean, this is a Rattler team who can compete with the best of the best. I believe the second place team in Region 4 is Westlake right now. This is a San Marcos team that knows how to play basketball. You got Caden Gums, Malik Presley, um, Ori Williams really stepped up on the defensive side on Tuesday night in the victory against Cibolo Steele. And I truly think that this is a team that could go for a district championship. And I believe they're going to be playing several rounds into late February, early March. Yeah, this team is showing a lot of things that, um, that are crucial to going far in the postseason. Um, pulling out those games that are coming really close. 
uh, finding a way to just muscle that those out are always impressive. Um, learning from their mistakes after those two back-to-back losses, I mean, you said, as you said, they went the whole December without losing a game. That was a bad taste in their mouth, and they didn't want anything to do with that anymore. Um, and especially losing to the best team in the state at this point, I mean, that's one loss I think you're okay to have at this point. And then also, I, I've just always been uh, trained to be scared of this, these 6A teams coming from a 4A turned 5A, and they're just running through all these 6As. And it, I, what I was saying er, earlier last week is th- this next 10 games will really tell a lot because it's in-district play, but, I mean, the way they're showing that uh, win against Steele, I really don't think they'll have a problem. And if, if they can make it into the playoffs, like 37, or not 37, but 35 and 2 or whatever, I mean, you're looking for a, a long postseason ahead of you. Yeah, they're also tied for last year's um, number of wins last season. Uh, JP just mentioned that that winning record so far. I mean, this is this is a team that is a lot of fun to watch. If those of you who aren't familiar with San Marcos basketball, Caden Gums will be playing for Texas State next year. So that's a that's D1 talent on that team. Malik Presley, I believe he's a three-star athlete, according to 24-7 Sports. I mean, this is a this is a team who knows how to play basketball. Not even uh, didn't even mention Javen Kofer. He can shoot the three ball really well. I mean, you got five guys on the floor and it's it's tough to guard because you try to double team and you leave another star open. This is a lot of this is a lot of fun to watch and Tuesday night when they play New Braunfels will be in a really exciting one as well. Yeah, and you mentioned these players, a lot of them, their senior year, and this is their chance to show what they have, what it takes to get into collegiate basketball. We know Caden Gums, a commit here to Texas State. Um, and you know, they think about last year. Dan Miller definitely is reminding them every day when they go into practice, remembering that last year loss, they lost by a single free throw in the first round of the playoffs. That right there is something that they carry on their shoulder every day. That's a chip on their shoulder. And right now they're playing their best brand of basketball. It's not very easy. I'm going to tell you right now, at any level of basketball, high school, college, NBA level, to get a 21-game win streak. That means there is something going on either on the floor or coming out of that coach's mouth that is really sticking with these guys. This chemistry is something very cohesive with this team. We talk about Caden Gums. We talk about Malik Crespi. Presley. We talk about Javen Kofer. We talk about these guys. And these guys have something going on in that court that's very special. And this could carry into the postseason. I definitely believe it. Success is something that is very hard to come by, especially 21 games in a row, two overtimes, and a buzzer beater win last game. So that is something that's very hard to coach. And this team, they're playing against Judson tonight. You know, Judson's definitely looking at this calendar. They're looking at this matchup. They might be frightened. So it's going to be an exciting game, but the Rattlers can't get complacent here. You cannot get complacent. If you want to win this and you want to keep winning and you want to go far all the way into the postseason, you got to treat every game like a postseason game. And I wouldn't expect them to do any differently. But yes, their next game will be tonight against Judson. And that will be at 7 p.m. That will be at Judson. So it will not be on KTSW 89.9. But you know what will be? Another Rattler basketball team. And that's the Rattler girls basketball team. We didn't get a chance to mention them much this season. But, you know, currently they're in their conference play. I mean, their district play. And they have been struggling a bit. They have lost their first four games in district play. But they're looking to turn it around. And they will also be playing Judson tonight. In this game, you know, it's, it's we've seen this team before. We have some seniors on this team. Joey. I know you've called some team called some of their games last year. What does this girls basketball team have to do to turn around? Is this a must win game against Judson? Yeah, it's a must win game. It's a final game before the second half of district begins. They've already played Steele, Clemens, New Braunfels. This is this is a crucial game. You haven't won a game in district yet. And if you've got to think that if this San Marcos team wants to find some way to get into the postseason, they have to win tonight. Uh, Justin, you and I will be on the call for that one. But 
Yeah, I, I don't know how to put it more than that. Last year, this is a defensive team. They didn't score a whole lot of points. And tonight it's going to show they they have to win or else I would think that the their postseason chances go out the window with a loss tonight. Yeah, I mean, you said it. you got to you got to learn how to win quick, because especially in this district, you're going to get knocked out pretty fast. Postseason contention is going to be out of there. Um, but really just trying to string together some success back to back. I know four losses in a row, but I mean, coming off a win, um, how can we how can you move to the next game knowing what you did better in that previous game? So really just trying to string together some success. And we keep saying the word consistency, but it's the truth. It's the game of basketball and, and uh, got to have some consistency. I will say one thing, though. They played Steel on Tuesday night, which is the number one team in District 7, 6A, and they held it to a tight one. The final score was 38-33. to 33. So if you want to look at some positives so far to begin this um, district campaign where they're 0-4 right now, they had a tight one. They also had a tight one against New Braunfels, 46-41. This is a team who has tight games. They also played Clemens, 62-57, who I believe is third in 27-6A. So they have, a, they, they have tight games in district. It's just... They need to find a way to close out these games, and tonight will be a deciding factor in that. 100%, Joey. And as he mentioned, we will be on the call. Yes, Justin Brown and Joey Gonzalez will be on the call tonight at 7 p.m. Pre-game will start around 6.45 or 6.50, and that call will be on KTSW 89.9. So if you're really interested in seeing if this Rattler basketball team can turn its district play around, this will be the tonight opportunity for them against Judson. But guys, we're going to zoom out of the, you know, San Marcos area for a while. We're going to talk about some national sports and we have some very it's a very exciting time for any national sports fan because the NFL playoffs are currently underway and I want to hear y'all's predictions so far. We're going to start with the AFC and we're going to take this a matchup by matchup case scenario and I want to hear your pick one of these two teams Jags or Chiefs maybe you can make this one quick okay yeah I'm gonna do I'm gonna say Chiefs but I know a lot of people out there are gonna say they want to bet on the Jags this weekend because the stats going around that um Trevor Lawrence is 37 and 0 on Saturdays so I'm just gonna go ahead and say I would not bet against uh Patrick Mahomes this week there's just too much on that team to, to deal with and, and the Jags really just don't have anything going for them other than that win last week couldn't get anything started at the beginning um but yeah, I think that was just a fluke, and I think this will be the first the first loss on a Saturday for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, me, <clears throat> me personally, I got the I got the Chiefs. Um, even though with the Jags having a good comeback last week, uh, that's not gonna hold up with the Chiefs. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like this is what I'm gonna say, Joey. Before I throw it to you, I know I, I don't I don't know. You're probably gonna roast my pick. But here's the thing: I did not know that the Jags, Trevor Lawrence, is 37-0 on Saturdays. So since I just found that, I already put $500 down. Because uh, <laughs> um, those are some crazy statistics. See, that's why I love national sports and NFL especially. You know, But here's the thing. Trevor Lawrence coming back from that comeback, I don't know who you want to say is the fault for that. I don't know if that was the Jags playing really good or if it was the opponent. I don't know. But here's what I'll say. It's Patrick Mahomes, man. You, you can't. I'm sorry. Trevor Lawrence, I'm glad you're here. And the Jags, I know Jag fans are really excited. Like, this is the first time they've been in the postseason since, I don't know, since I've been born. I don't know actually how long it's been, but Joey, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not going to roast you about the Trevor Lawrence name because if JP didn't say that comment, I was going to I was going to take it. Um, that Trevor Lawrence is undefeated on Saturdays, but I will say I don't think it's going to happen. Their their first half was way too sloppy against the Chargers. I mean, four picks I believe in that game. You cannot afford to throw four picks against the Chiefs. You throw four picks against that Chiefs defense, you're not coming back in the game. 
Patrick Mahomes will run you over and the Chiefs will blow him out. I don't think it will be a blowout, but I think the Chiefs take this one over the Jags. You know, this makes me think if he's undefeated on Saturdays, he must not party at all on Fridays. You know, he must be that guy that's sitting in his hotel room. No one wants to bother him. He waits till Saturday. <laughs> yeah, he waits till Saturday night, I guess. I mean, good reason, you know, 37 wins undefeated on Saturdays. Okay, next AFC team. This is going to be a uh, this is really my favorite matchup of the entire mm-hmm. weekend. I mean, I know we have a Cowboys fan in the studio, so I'm not going to offend anyone here. But Bengals and Bills, guys. I mean, you have Joe Shiesty, Mr. Joe Cold right here, Joe Burrow, you know, versus Josh Allen, who is having an MVP year. JP, who are you taking in this situation? Ooh, I'm still on the Josh Allen train. I think this is just really his year to, you know, finally get over the hump and take a take a championship. But uh, I mean, this is the game that obviously got canceled, and a lot of uh, momentum was going into that game. We never really got to see it play out. For, for good reason, but I mean, this this will be the first time we get to see the Bengals and uh, Bills face off, two teams that really have championship admirations, unlike that Chiefs-Jags matchup where it's like, I don't even know if the Jags had any thoughts of postseason until, I mean, maybe like week 10, but even then. So these teams have obviously had championship on their mind for, you know, the whole year since last offseason at least, so uh, especially the Bengals with that loss last year. So, I mean, they're going to be coming out, you know, trying to play for a championship, and I think we're going to get the best of both teams, and hopefully that is, you know, Josh Allen's team this week uh, yeah, me personally uh josh allen the bills have so much to lose this season so um i i got the bills coming against the Bengals. uh i i want to go for joe shiesty but i don't think it's gonna happen i'm sorry for the Bengals fans but <laughs> yeah i was I, I will admit that last year i was not sold on the Bengals, and yet they went to the super bowl and they were that close to to winning a championship but uh, JP, like you said, I'm I'm still on the Josh Allen train. I know some people will say he's overrated because he's one of the top in the league in picks, but or um, yeah, interceptions. But I think I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. I think they they've had it the past couple years and they're right on the edge. You look at the picture of Stephon Diggs watching the celebration of the Chiefs last year. I think they have, I think they have what it takes to to get to that AFC championship game. And I'm looking forward to possibly seeing the bills and the chiefs at uh, Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta. Yeah. The bills and chiefs, we could see a repeat of what we've seen years before. And uh, you remember that one. That's why they changed the overtime rules. Cause that was just what a, what a great game last year. Um, yeah. I'm going to say right now, I want to go for the Bengals here. I love Joe Burrow. I want him to get back to the Super Bowl to get revenge for that. You know, that that was a really good Super Bowl last year. And I feel like he deserves to go back, but Man, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's just having a year, and I think he can outthrow Joe Burrow, and I think he has a better receiving class right now to help him out. I know, you know, we've seen the Bengals, and they have some great talent, but right now I'm going to have to pick the Bills. Bills and Chiefs, I want to see it again. I, you, if you're an NFL fan, you want to see that again. All yeah, right. Hopefully the Bills leave them with like 12 seconds instead of 13 seconds this time, so they have a chance of winning. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 13 yeah. seconds is ridiculous. Way too much for Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. you, you got to cut it down to maybe nine, and then, you're, you know, you got it down. Um, but let's talk about the NFC. And I'm going to start off with the game that I'm so excited to hear about. And JP already knows what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> it's the Giants versus the Eagles, okay? Giants versus the Eagles. And if you know anything, well, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm not going to say my prediction first. I'm going to throw it to JP. But Giants and Eagles, who do you have? Ah, uh, man, you're making me respect Daniel Jones a lot more. I mean, I, I already had a lot of respect for him. But, like, he's really come, come out this year and really proven his worth as a starter in this league. And I'm proud he's made it up to this point. But if Jalen Hurts is in this game, it's it's really just an Eagles, you know, warm up game for the next for the next week. So that's the way I see it. Um, hopefully, it's an interesting game, though. I I really hope because I mean, aside from that 
Chiefs Jags game. I think this is going to be a good week of football. I mean, s- some of the top teams in the league getting to show their stuff, and you know, one week before the you know conference championships. So, I, I think this is an easy one for the Eagles, but I'm also rooting for a good game always. Yeah, <clears throat> it's an NFC East matchup: Giants versus Eagles. But I'm rooting for Danny Dimes, but. Um, I got the Eagles coming uh, on top, unfortunately. Um, it's going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong, but the Eagles are going to come up top. Here's what I'll say. Oh, well, no, Joey, Joey, <coughs> you got it, dude. I'm still laughing at JP's comedy. He said this is going to be a warm-up game. I don't know about that. I think it will be a little closer. And the, the reason I'll say this is because Week 18 was a pretty tight one, and the Eagles did go on a little bit of a decline towards the end of the season. Because Jalen Hurts was out, I don't know if he's 100%. That's the only reason why I say that this game is going to be closer. I think if you have the Jalen Hurts that that was 100%, I think it could be a little bit more of a blowout. Justin? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going about to have my Daniel Jones tirade right here. Now, listen here. You look at the, the last time these two teams matched up, the Eagles only won by six points, you know, 16-22, and that was a close one. You would expect more from the Eagles having one of the best defenses in the league. Now, here's the thing. I think the Eagles' defense is a very good working machine. But guess what? Does it work against quarterbacks that are running more than their own running back? Let me tell you, Daniel Jones' last game against the Vikings had 78 rushing yards. That's more than Saquon Barkley. <laughs> so, yeah, he's making his running back look like the second string. And also, he's throwing 301 yards on two touchdowns and he did he only missed 11 passes 24 for 35 now are you kidding me this guy is playing madden right now he's an i don't know when i first saw him play i'm gonna tell you i'm not the biggest nfl guy and before this season i really wasn't and when i first watched daniel jones play my jaw dropped i never seen something that exciting i know everyone's laughing at me in here because there's plenty of great quarterbacks in this league but daniel jones he has something offensively that really makes defensive coordinators get kind of worried this play calling for him he's either throwing it or he's running it down the field and they're gonna have to stop him somehow hopefully knocking on wood they don't you know no don't go too rough with danny you know danny dimes is doing great um but yeah no i'm saying it right now giants over the eagles yeah i'm sorry to upset y'all eagles are losing right now and that's the truth that doesn't hurt me you know it's going to be probably by a field goal or one touchdown but the giants are getting it it's going to be a really close game and no one's expecting it i'll take that one for sure now the nfc game everybody wants to hear about all of our listeners want to hear about cowboys and 49ers Miles, I'm going to throw it to you first. What are your thoughts on this Cowboys team, um, and are do they have what it takes to beat the 49ers? Uh, Brock on, Purdy. Based, <laughs> based off what I seen last week, um, I think we have an uh, amazing chance of beating the 49ers, even though we're playing in California. But, um, yeah, I think I think we got everything. Quarterback, Dak, uh, defense, Michael Parsons. So I think we got everything to uh, come in and win this game. Before I choose an obvious winner of this game, um, I, I just think that it's kind of cool that we could see a rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft, go undefeated and possibly win a championship. Like he hasn't, he didn't lose in the regular season, and if he runs the table, he'd be an undefeated quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, Super Bowl champion so I think that'd be a pretty cool scenario I'm rooting for him a little bit in that respect although I think there are quarterbacks in this league who probably deserve a championship first mm-hmm. but I mean I keep hearing that he's a system quarterback and that this system is perfect for him and to be honest I agree any any quarterback could be in that position right now and they'd probably still be here but what what's going to put them over the edge this week is Brock Purdy I think he's better than just your average quarterback and I think this is an opportunity for you know the 49ers to you know prove themselves with this backup quarterback that they have a chance to make to the championship and obviously it, vice versa I think that if the Cowboys win this week it's who's going to stop them from getting to their first championship in a while. So I'm still picking 49ers, but it could go both ways with the situation going on in uh, San Francisco. 
Before we came on the air, Miles and I had a chance to talk about this game. And I was saying that the Cowboys are either one of the best teams in the league or mm-hmm. one of the worst. Whenever they played the Vikings, they look like a team that could win the Super Bowl. They play in week 18 against the Commanders. They look like garbage. Man. They look like the Texans <laughs> could have beat them. And the Texans almost did they beat them. Yeah, they almost did. <laughs> so with that being said, I I don't ex- I don't know who to expect to come out there because Dak Prescott played amazing against the Bucks. Yeah. And the the Cowboys looked great, but I I don't know. And I think the I think the 49ers have a lot of talent. They got mm-hmm. Debo Samuel. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you got Brock Purdy. You got Nick Bosa at the edge. I mean, this is this is a team who's got a lot of talent. And I think the 49ers are going to take this game. But I do think if Dallas plays the Dallas team, that is the good team. I think <laughs> that this could be a tight game and it would be close. But I got the 49ers winning in the end. OK. Well, here's my point. I'm going to make it short and sweet. Brock Purdy, like JP said, he's doing something I've never seen before, and I just have to go for him in the situation. And I'm so glad that Jimmy G's not in the situation anymore. I love just seeing some new, fresh talent and seeing a rookie quarterback step up into this big role. And, you know, I wouldn't expect anything else. You know, they're playing against the Cowboys, but we'll just see how they do it. And Debo Samuel doing great. Brock Purdy's doing great. Cowboys got a lot to worry about in San Francisco. But before we get off the air, because we have very limited time here, we're going to throw it to Joey for a quick little weather update. Joey. It is currently 55 degrees outside and cloudy. The high for today is expected to be 58 degrees. So if you're a cold person, I guess go outside. I am not. It is way too cold outside. But for the weekend, look forward to 46 for the low tomorrow, 62 the high with a 30% chance of rain. And on Sunday, it will be sunny with a low of 40 and a high of 64. Well, thank you, Joey. Well, that's our time for today. Make sure and keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. For J.P. Flanagan, Miles Vaughn, and Joey Gonzalez, this was Justin Brown. Thank you for listening to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio, and we hope you tune in the same time Monday. Have a great weekend. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.